Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me. This is Andrew with the Martial Wisdom Podcast, and I'm so excited to be here and very grateful to you guys, excited that you guys are being involved with this creative process. You guys are sending me excellent podcast ideas. I've got a list of them that I'm working my way down, trying to create these podcasts and continue that process. You guys are as much a part of that as me, so thank you for the wonderful um, creationism you're helping with this podcast. So today's episode is very interesting. It is titled, You Are Your Own Worst Enemy. And we are getting at the idea here in today's episode that it is oftentimes the internal conflicts within ourselves or the internal um, lack of perseverance, um, lack of belief in self, lack of effort, etc., the internal aspects that often determine success or failure in a given situation or when trying to obtain a certain goal, especially long-term goals. Um, I would argue that very little, well, I would argue that very little of the actual process of succeeding or failing is related to the external factors. Now, some people might disagree with me on that. Um, And we'll get into, I'll make my case for this. Uh, But bottom line is, at the end of the day, it's your decision and your grit. And we'll get into explaining what grit means. That internally you make over and over again, that is going to help you achieve a certain goal. Now, I'm not saying that external factors are important. They're extremely important. And you need to sort of filter or manipulate them to ideally help your success. Because let's say you're training for something, anything you could think of, and you're in an environment that's hostile and it's not a good environment for your training. Well, you should try to find an environment or locate yourself within that environment to where it is less hostile, and you can focus more on your training. That's just like a classic little example of that. But ultimately, in the end, you have much more power in manifesting your own destiny than you think. We all do. This is something I've learned from martial arts for many decades. And I wish I knew it when I was young. (laughs) It took me 20 plus years to learn this. So let's get... I. One of the major reasons this came up was, I'll give you guys an example. We had a martial arts session this week, and it was a very spar-heavy session. And one of of my advanced uh, students and sparring partners, uh, he's now a sensei, essentially, and he was running class. And very advanced individual, um, extremely dangerous, quite honestly. And we, he had invited somebody new to the class and this individual, he wanted to see us sparring and, and we, we spar, but we use proper etiquette with sparring. And that's one of those challenges that with new people, you're not sure necessarily how they're going to react, et cetera. So they need to kind of learn their groove. So this individual watched several five minute sparring sessions with other people And, um, I'm going to call him Zen because that's one of his nicknames. So Zen 
had already sparred with myself and another high-level individual, very high-level individual. And then he went to this individual and he said, okay, go ahead, get the gear on. He gets, the new person gets the gear on and they come in and they come flying at him full force. Um, and so wisely Zen enters into the clinch with this individual because the person's, he doesn't want to get, you know, hit by this guy and he doesn't want to just have to crack this guy's skull. Basically, he's trying to be polite to the new person and the individual's just ripping him or trying to rip him around, trying to take him down. So Zen, Zen, um, basically allows the individual to, he, he pulls himself down kind of gracefully and pulls the individual into his guard to prevent injury on either party, basically. Now, once he pulls the individual into guard, he, he, Zen, let me tell you, Zen has an absolutely, um, hellish guard. He's extremely strong and he'll pull people into it. And he knows well enough to be able to just latch onto the individual, break their posture, latch onto them, not let them have space to land heavy shots, make them carry his weight around. Um, but this new person, so they feel his strength in this and, and also his calm. And the new person starts uh, trying to hit him as, as pretty much as I would say pretty damn hard. Like he's getting really angry. He's growling. He's yelling as he's trying to do this stuff. Um, and uh, us sitting on the side, we're just watching it because quite honestly, uh, Zen has complete control of the situation. Uh, and we want to let it unfold. That's that's one of those things. With with somebody that high level, you just let it unfold. Um, and so Zen is maneuvering this individual and the guy's, the new person is freaking out, getting angry. He's dealing with some ego issues at that time. And <laughs> Zen stays very calm, completely calm in this situation. Uh and he has the individual in his guard. He's maneuvering him, trying to set up a sweep. And then about two minutes go by and the the new person become, I mean, just like kind of sags down on him. He, he, he had built up so much lactic acid. He was going one, 100%. And you could just see him have no energy. His energy just faded. And then Zen skillfully just sweeps him. Just a beautiful sweep gets on top of him and starts, he postures up and he starts kind of just very gently tapping this person's face, not, not even slapping, but tapping it just to show the person like, see, I can hit you. I can hit you if I want. And the individual starts freaking out and does what most people do. They immediately spin to their back or start looking away. And then Zen skillfully takes his back, applies the hooks gets him into a rear naked choke, rolls him over into the classic rear naked choke. And uh, the individual, then I say to the individual, you need to tap when <laughs> you are being choked or when you can't breathe or it hurts, you need to tap. And I said that as a kind of just set a boundary and also to be honest, to make this individual have the humility to tap. Um, and I was also saying it for Zen's sake so that Zen could apply the choke. And he did so very merciful, mercifully. 
and he applied the choke and the individual struggled. You could tell he did not want to tap, but he eventually tapped. And so it ended. Um, so this was a very interesting, uh, interaction and, and, and to be, to be fair, the individual, um, he was not, you know, he stayed the rest of the class. He was not disrespectful, but a very interesting thing happened. He was like, I need to take a break and wisely. So it's like, yeah, that was your first time doing it. You gave too much in the beginning. You weren't, you weren't being relaxed. You need to learn to be relaxed. And that comes with time. And so, uh, myself and the, uh, the other person at practice, um, are trying to get the individual like, Hey, do you want to work on this? We can lightly work on this or how to escape that choke. And he's like, no, no, I I'm done. Um, and it struck me because the whole interaction, basically it was a dichotomy between two different re responses. One was with Zen. Zen had the appropriate response and the one we are talking about today. He had an individual just out of the blue, an external factor. So this individual come at charging at him, going 100%, trying to attack him, trying to dominate him, trying to prove some point. A lot of it was probably a fear reaction. This individual had not done this that often. So they were in pure fight or flight mode. Came at him, but Zen used proper technique. He pulled him into each of these circumstances. He maneuvered the individual into a situation where he was safe from heavy shots from the individual or submissions. And then he just persevered through the entire encounter. And then he waited for the appropriate moment. He, he maneuvered himself, but he did not waste energy and he waited for the appropriate moment. And then he turned it on. Uh, and then as that happened, things fell into place. And the other individual basically gave him the choke. And that's very symbolic. That whole process of what happened there is very symbolic to what even happens in everyday life. Is that Zen represented there grit. And we'll get into what grit is. But he, he represented basically perseverance in that situation and being able to remain calm and internally he never got in his own way he never was his own worst enemy what often happens in that situation to people even ones that are trained quite frankly is that when someone's coming at them in a certain way they can get very emotional they can start um, some of their own insecurities can start popping up and then they can start becoming their own worst enemy and they start dropping their hands or letting themselves be put in situations that are dangerous for them and not going to help them. And they start taking shots, etc. And they make the situation worse for themselves. Well, that's ex exactly what the new person did. And that's the opposite of this. So the new person, instead of going into this, this sparring match, as just trying to relax and work on some technique and kind of work on this training process, they basically let their own insecurities boil over, come to a flux. Their fight or flight helped fuel that. 
And then they were making mistake upon mistake and becoming their own worst enemy. And it basically manifested in this situation into them not even being able to make it two minutes, 30 seconds. And not only being choked out in the end, but having, I, I possibly, in, I wasn't, he wasn't giving much information to me, but possibly injuring themselves because they went too hard and were thrashing too hard. And um, were so gassed out that they couldn't continue to train the rest of class. So this was a very specific example of what I'm trying to get at. Now, that's a very self-defense oriented example, but we're going to apply this to everyday life as well. So we're going to go into a concept here called grit. What is grit? I've been using this word. Well, there was a there's a famous psychologist, Angela Duckworth, who actually uh, was... She was eventually, the story goes, she was working first with seventh graders and she was trying, she was observing them because she's a psychologist and she's trying to see like what makes some successful and some not. Um, and she determined in her theory, it was this majorly that based upon this concept of grit and, um, it, you know, it wasn't, she, she ran lots of studies. It wasn't determined based upon an individual's IQ scores, their physical health, good luck, um, their ability to learn quickly and easily. That, those were not major determinants. Sure, they might have helped, but they were not major determinants in whether these individuals succeeded or not. And we're not talking just seventh graders. She expanded these studies after that to various different age groups. Um, it was determined by this process of this word she called, she used called grit. And um, grit basically is a combination of two things, passion and perseverance. So um, one, so passion has to do with your desire and ambition for learning. That was the big key there. It wasn't just your love for doing something. It was your desire to continue learning and improving. Not only desire, but ambition. And that's an important word because sometimes we don't necessarily desire uh, in the sense that modern people think desire. Like, oh, I really want to do this. It's, it's like sometimes it's the ambition. Like, I need to do this. I'm going to do it no matter how hard it is. And then uh, perseverance, which is the willingness not to give up on a set goal. So the combination of passion and perseverance, which equals grit. And the major thing that uh, Ms. Duckworth learned was that this, this grit helped individuals stick to long-term goals especially. And quite frankly, long-term goals are the hardest goals for people in general to accomplish because so many distractions, whether externally or internally come into play during that time span when you're trying to achieve a long-term goal. Um, now grit is, if you wanted to break it down into a very psychological, um, sci scientifically psychological definition grit is kind of a product of genetic educational behavioral and psychological factors that's that's those are in quotes that's kind of what they determined so basically um it's it's all these factors that make you up as a person 
you know, some are, some of these factors are, a lot of them are acquired by you as an individual. A few others can actually be genetic. Some individuals just are, um, they're more prone to being more persevering, but the, that alone, the genetic component alone is not going to equate your success or not. You might just have to work a little bit more in those other areas to produce more grit, quite honestly. Um, so basically it was this resilience and hard working that these individuals had these highly successful individuals. Um, and a lot of times she also saw this component of a very deep desire or excuse me, a very deep, um, idea of what they wanted. And I think this is sometimes something that people don't always, don't always focus on is actually sitting down with themselves and being honest about what they really want. I think a lot of people do not even know what they want. And I, and I think that's very normal. Don't think that if you have that sort of thought that that is abnormal. I mean, believe me, when I was out just out of high school, I went through a major existential sort of, um, I would not call it a crisis, but very hard, raw existential, ex existential conflict and experience in that period where I realized I did not really know what I wanted to do in life or where I wanted to be. Um, and so it takes some soul searching to do that and to understand that that's normal. But I think that's part of the process to start, um, is, is maybe think to yourself, what do I really want as my goal? Um, now another thing you might be thinking to yourself or some people who are arguers of this grit theory said to themselves, well, what about talent? Cause these talented individuals, they seem to be very successful. Well, what they found was that talent, um, if an individual focused on talent alone and they were tenacious in acquiring more talent, they were distracted um, by something that's just as important as achieving a success. And that's the effort that you put into the process of becoming more talented at something. So you have an individual like Michael Jordan, for example, a great example of that. Uh, he was obviously, obviously he's a talented individual, but watch documentaries of Michael Jordan read about him. It's not as if he was just born with this genetic gift to be an amazing basketball player. He put in so many hours of work. He, it was his passion. I mean, he, he wanted to become better at it and he, he focused on becoming the best he could be at it. And because of that soul focus and the perseverance just to keep going, he was able to achieve his goals and become arguably the best in the world at it. Um, the opposite is true. Any of you can probably think of individuals. I can especially, I think a lot of us have seen individual, seen individuals like this around the high school age who were very talented in maybe a sport or something like music or something like that. And they were, they were just phenoms at that age and they just came easy to them and they might not have practiced much or anything like that, but because they didn't practice much over time, they kind of did nothing with the talent that they had. 
I personally can think of many individuals, actually probably, sadly, the majority of people who had these like talents at a young age who never had the grit or never exercised the grit with them and essentially were not able to go any place with these things. And I'm not saying that I'm not belittling these individuals. This is a lesson learned for us all. And And also too, we don't know if those individuals, maybe they just didn't want to. Some of them might have just gotten to the point where it's like, I don't enjoy doing this anymore and I don't want to do it. So that's a very personal thing. But bottom line is, you know, talent alone is not going to be your, the factor that's going to decide this. I'm dispelling a lot of myths out here. I can tell because a lot of times people will use, and I'm going to, I'm going to use the word excuse, whether they realize it or not. It's so easy for us to make excuses. And I'll be honest in America in general, there's a lot of excuse making. (laughs) I mean, I, I am an American citizen and I'm not, and, and quite frankly, I love elements of America, but as a, as a martial artist and someone who's trying to improve myself, I have to be honest about myself and the culture that I live in. And excuse making is probably one of the most prominent, uh, social diseases, I would say that I see. And any, I don't think anybody could argue with me in our culture. So people make excuses all the time, whether it be externally or internally. And I see people make excuses all the time. I mean, honestly, most of the people that come to martial arts and they try it rather than coming back again or this or that and trying again and just seeing if they like the process, they just make some excuse not to come back. Um, and they make excuses like, Oh, I I don't have a good enough stamina or this or that. Well, the only way you're going to get it is by just coming and keeping continue to show up. And then also doing the prescribed, you know, exercises and solo training to get your way up there. Like you have people that'll help you. Um, so this is basically the um, gist of the episode, guys, is that oftentimes we are our own worst enemies. Uh, as martial artists, and even if you don't pra- practice martial arts, this will help you um, as a human being. I oftentimes say that martial arts is simply a, a specific focus on the raw elements of being a human being and how to navigate those, how to survive them, how to thrive in difficult situations and how to problem solve. You know, that's, that's basically what martial arts is. If you break it down, it's not simply self-defense, but the self-defense opponent is one of the most primitive primal raw examples where you have to you will have to 100% face yourself. When you have somebody coming at you, even in a, in a rough sparring match or something, especially if you, like if you train a certain way where you're exhausted and you have, you go through what we call crucibles, like we did this last week, where you have a five minute sparring session with one person, then someone rotates in on you and starts coming at you. And then another, and you have to go through this process without very little break. Believe me, you are starting to get confronted with 
these inner demons, these insecurities, these excuses in your mind telling you to give up. Um, oh, you can give up here, or you can do this, or you're, you're not good enough to do this, like it's getting hard, let's just stop. You're faced more with yourself. Honestly, the, the opponent across from you, if you are at an advanced level, they're only part of the battle. Like, you're not necessarily incredibly threatened by them. Your ability to survive the situation and even oftentimes beat the other individual or dominate them does not have to do with if you are trained and in you know decent enough health does not often have to do with those external factors it has i often see it have to do with internal factors do you have the grit to continue now i'm not saying that you that means somebody from the street can just come in and they're going to be primed and ready to go with your high-level students and just dominate them. No, you know, they've got to learn the proper uh, techniques, concepts, because those are all there um, as forms to allow an individual to exert the least amount of energy and, and the most amount of efficiency, but also they're the highest probability defenses and offenses for certain situations to keep you safe and allow you to um, deal with an opponent. You know, that's why they exist, these techniques. Um, but what I am saying is uh, grit has just as much to do with it. So if we broke it down just purely self-defense or martial arts, I would say 50% is those external factors, your techniques, your your even even your physical fitness level kind of plays into that too. And then the other 50%, would have to do with the internal techniques. And a lot of that has to do with grit. Your passion. Your passion for su surviving that immediate moment. Um, and your perseverance for doing it. Even when the other person's making you uncomfortable. Even when your own psyche and your own spirit, your own internal circumstances feel uncomfortable and you want to give up. So it's all about grit, guys. Um, so let's expand this to now everyday life. I think a very practical thing for us to do is to set a long-term goal. Let me, let me use an example of what just happened for me. Um, I, I had this long-term goal in the back of my mind that I wanted to become a provider. Uh, and I had already got into nursing school and I was doing that. So when I trained in nursing school, I not only trained, I didn't train as a nurse, simply as an RN, simply to be just that, but I wanted to absorb and learn everything as if what I was learning in that moment was going to be just one of the stepping blocks for becoming a provider. So I really went 100% into the information and I had passion and I had perseverance uh, and then I started working and I worked nights for a long time and it was tiring and this and that. And then um, my wife and I had kids and we had two kids. And along this process, I, I went I went also for my bachelor's and then I ended up going into graduate school to finally get to where I'm at. Uh, and it was a long and arduous process. It was not easy, 
But it was more about the grind, guys. I'll be completely honest. I'm not this. I'm not the. I don't think I'm. Stu I'm not stupid by any means. Um, I think I'm pretty intelligent. But that was not what helped me. That sure that helped me in certain circumstances to succeed. But it was more my hard work, my perseverance, to just get up that day and study that information. And if I was having problems remembering things, which honestly, I don't have the greatest memory. I don't have like a memory like people in my family who almost have didactic memories. I don't have a good memory in my opinion. And um, so I would go over the information 10, 20 times until it solidified with me. That was perseverance. But then I also had this passion at the end of the day that th that was my end goal. I wasn't satisfied being where I was at. And that's no offense at all to anybody who's who works as an RN. That is a very, very worthy occupation. And it is absolutely needed. There's a huge shortage. And you need people at bedside, no, no matter where you're at, doing the incredibly hard work they do and, and paying attention to the patients like they do. They are the eyes and ears, you know, they are the foot soldiers. Um, but I wanted to, at the end of the day, fulfill the provi provider role. Um, and so I work towards it and it was hard as hell sometimes, but every day I just, I just put on my shoes and I took one, two steps and just headed towards my goal. I just got up and showing up is half the battle guys. So every day I just showed up and guess what? I looking back at it, it kind of, I would not say that it happened fast when I was in the process, but looking back at it, it was kind of like a blur. I mean, it, it didn't necessarily seem like it took seven to eight years, which is event essentially what it took. Um, but through that process, um, it, part of it was the journey guys. It's not just about the end goal. It's the journey. And along the way, if you focus on grit on the perseverance and the passion, you're going to be transformed through the process of getting to where you're going in the journey. So I would challenge you all to self-reflect and think to yourself, what is a good long-term goal that you want? Um, you could do it. You could use a career goal as an example, um, or something like that for heaven's sakes, pick a career goal. That's actually going to, um, help humanity that doesn't have to do with just you making a bunch of money or being quote. And I hate the word successful in that regard. I don't think that's success. Quite honestly, if you're just making a bunch of money and you're not helping people around you. So no matter what you do, find a way to do it in such a way that you, you better humanity. I don't care what you do. Um, you could be a street sweeper and the way you treat your coworkers, the way you treat others in your life, you know, that could be your occupation. That could be your final career path, but the way you treat your coworkers, other people in your life, and the way you go about doing your work, that is where the noble 
task lies. That That's where honor lies. And you could be doing a service for humanity. So I'm not saying you have to go... You have to go... You have to sell everything you have and then go start a orphanage somewhere. Although if you want to do that, that's amazing. But what I'm getting at is... Let, let not your sole focus be about money or about status. Let your focus be about achieving a goal, transforming yourself, and getting to a position where you enjoy what you're doing. Literally think to yourself, what's something that you believe you would enjoy doing? Be realistic about it. Maybe shadow people to see if this really is what you enjoy doing. Cause sometimes we have ideas about things and then we're like, eh, you, we get into the nitty gritty and it's like, oh, that really isn't as glamorous or as exciting as I thought it would be. Um, but do that. And then if you decide on a goal, set that as your main goal. And then the, those goals are often far out, but then create steps and, and create them realistically. Like I said, uh, I had to be very realistic about each step of my training in order to get to the long-term goal I was at. Um, and uh, you guys can do it. I mean, if you... And grit is something just like any like external muscle. It's something that you harness, you grow, and you become more efficient with. It becomes a more efficient functioning process in yourself. But you just have to start somewhere. You just have to practice. And honestly, that's why martial arts, I'm such a proponent of it, especially if it's a place that trains, in my opinion, the the best way you can, a place that makes you have to use grit. Like where the training is difficult, it's not silly that's going to get you injured constantly, but it makes you face yourself and have to practice grit time and time again. Guess what? You do that at the martial arts area, you can more easily, you already have the muscle trained and you can more easily apply that in your everyday life. So set realistic goals, guys, find your passion, set a realistic goal about how you can uh, achieve your passion, um, and aim towards that goal and utilize grit. And honestly, um, part of this is a journey. If you are going towards that goal and you decide, you know what, this really isn't for me, if that's the honest decision you make, then just kind of divert the path. It's like heading up a mountain. You just might make a different path to head towards your top. So I love you all. You all are great. Have a great week.